What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Italian Football TV. We're doing a special podcast just to go over the Italian teams in Europe this week. There were some highs when we're speaking about Napoli and Inter, and there were some lows when we talk about Milan and uh, Roma. Should we put in Lazio in that list? There's a lot that we're going to have to discuss, mm-hmm. and we'll also preview the Serie A. I know, it's just Michael and I, but you're happy to be here, are you? Yeah, I mean, Antonio's not here busting our chops, so it's kind of nice. Sports pretty good, all right? Yeah. What What was your? We'll start with Champions League. What was your biggest? Which game do you want to start with? What was your biggest take taking away from? Dude, that Napoli. Match? I can't even speak. That Napoli Napoli thrashing was incredible. Six one against Ajax in Amsterdam. I mean, who would have expected that? Largest defeat ever for Ajax. Crazy. You crazy, called that, by the way. Crazy. During the match, when they scored six, you said this has to be their largest defeat ever. I thought you were crazy for saying that, and you were right. I mean, Ajax has always been a huge historic team, so it's. I don't think it's crazy that, you know, this one against Napoli, they completely fell apart. Napoli are just so good in Europe, not just in Europe, in Serie A. They're doing it on all levels. Spalletti deserves so much praise. I think he's so underrated. You know what's weird about this, and I don't think I ever would have said this? I obviously would never have predicted for it to be 6-1. Mm. But I'm not that surprised. And that kind of makes me feel pretty good. Like, the fact that I see the scoreline, I'm like, Napoli's playing that good Mm. that I knew they were going to win. You know, I figured maybe it'll be 2-1, 3-1, something of that nature. And especially going down one goal, they're just firing on all fronts. They're the definition of what a team is supposed to be. Anguisa, we've been praising him as Mm -hmm. being one of the best center midfielders within Serie A. And I think now the rest of the world and the rest of Europe is starting to realize I mean, Raspadori, what a few months this guy has had from the summer where he was playing at Sassuolo. He didn't know if this move was ever going to come to Napoli. Not only did he do amazing with the Italian national team, he's doing well with another Azzurri shirt, and that's the one of Napoli. Fantastic. One, a flying header, um, and then the second one, a a first-touch shot Mm. into the bottom right corner, scoring in the Champions League, and I almost have forgotten, and, you know, I feel bad saying it. I've almost forgotten about Osiman because you got Raspadori and Simeone. And that's not that's not even a dig at one. That's more of a compliment to the amount of depth and the way that the team was built at Napoli. It is insane, though. Like, scoring six goals without your star striker being there. I mean, that says on all levels over there. You take, uh, you take Raspadori off, you have Simeone who scores a goal. There's just... Levels of confidence mm. in uh, for Spalletti and Napoli that just oozing all around, and I just don't want this honeymoon phase to end. Mm. To be honest, I, I really hope this can last until the end of the season and they pull off something miraculous. Okay, I was gonna choose the Dybala one, but it's all right. You said you have you four that you get. I, I do, I do, so I do. Dybala was my top. My Dybala was my top yeah, one. Yeah, you should have not sold him at Juve. You should not sold him at Juve. It's not my fault. I didn't decide. Go call Nedved. No one brings you closer to Serie A than one football. You can see we've already been arguing one these. Footy. We weren't even going to start the ad this way, but mm. Michael chose the, the digital video moment that he wants. It was really the one that I wanted. We're fighting over the same moment. Say, go go first, since, since well, you get Marco, to choose this weekend. Maybe I'll sell it to you, but I'm not going to sell it to you. But you guys could sell it if you want. If you click the link in the description, go to one football, open packs. Mark, we're going to do a pack opening very soon. Are we? A lot of people are asking that we got to do it. So it's going to be a nice little surprise. We open a pack, check out which video one we got. Maybe we could buy and sell. Maybe we could trade to each other. We'll see. Depends. Depends how we're feeling. We'll tell Antonio jump in also. Maybe. So which is the moment that you that we're arguing over that you're choosing that I wanted to pick? So basically, 
hopefully, and I'm sure they will, One Football is going to soon get new release of digital video moments, mm -hmm. and it's going to be the beautiful golazo of Dybala against Inter to equalize. That's one I wanted. Most people but I got one that's even better for you because that one, Handanovic got his hands to it, a little bit of a mistake. That's a moment that you want. You want kind of a goalkeeping Not mistake. Not my fault. I'm going to chose. This was chose. perfect. You know, like chef kiss perfect. And that is Leao's chip against Empoli. It was 1-1, mm. Milan. They came back. Balotelli scored. I don't want that one, though. I want Leao because I love moments like that. I love... When you're one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, you don't just slot it into the bottom right or the bottom left. You go right over him. Leao has been the best player in Serie A. My favorite. Unmarkable. 1v1. Sensational phenom. I said it in the podcast. Bold outline. All that stuff. Phenom. Rafael Leao. That's a moment that I want. And if you guys want some digital video moments from One Football, link is in the top of the description. Once again, no one brings you closer to Serie A than them. And back to the podcast. Let's go. There was there was a stat that uh, I remember we tweeted it. I'll find it as I keep talking. Quada uh -huh. uh, again, just dominating. The thing that impressed me the most about Quada was was not his usual performances, but we were screaming at one point because we were watching the game here with all the boys in the studio, mm -hmm. and he was injured, like he was limping, and we're like, just take the guy out. I don't remember what the score was at the point, and he he just like kind of muscled through it. He played this unbelievable one-two with, I think it was Raspadori, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. I, I know and so intelligent to put his body in front of the defender, number one, so that either he's going to be in the position to score or, or he's going to get fouled, yeah. which either way, that's really good inside the box. He scores the goal and then he comes out. Like, he was injured. The man was literally injured. His celebration was him limping. <laughs> it was fantastic. This is a tweet that we put up. Uh, replaced Insigne with Kvara. Replaced Koulibaly with Kim Min-Jay. Replaced Mertens with Raspadori. They're first in the Serie A. They're top of their Champions League group. They've got the most goals and shots in Serie A and the Champions League this season. Spalletti is doing an amazing job with this Napoli team. And I agree with you. I don't want this to end. They're, they should have confidence in that the they know the skill is there because they've done it against a team like Liverpool. They've done it against the top teams even in Serie A, uh, Milan being a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And I think that w the one conversation that we always have and one thing we love to do, we're very lucky. We, we're, we live in Brooklyn where we're always talking to a lot of Serie A fans and especially Napoli mm -hmm. because Napoli is so well represented. So many people have history and their families and ancestors from, from Naples. And the one thing that we keep talking about with Ludo is that this year, maybe they don't have the battle scars of years past, of when they were so close mm -hmm. with Sarri, with the 91 points where they lost to Juventus and that group of Mertens and, and Insigne and Koulibaly, nothing against them, but when you keep losing, you know, it kind of just feels like in the back of your mind, like something's going to go wrong. Maybe that's going to help them for the rest of the season. And I think that's the thing that I'm most hoping for. Can Napoli be the team that goes the furthest in the Champions League for the Italian teams? I really think so because of on paper. Can they win the Scudetto? It's the first time that I'm really believing so. And I think that maybe we're just getting caught up in the moment. But I feel like this year, besides the talent, because that's undeniable, I think that they will have this mentality to have a start on a new fresh, a new leaf. Do you think they're they're the team that will go the furthest in Champions League, considering the first three games that we've seen from all the Italian sides? I mean, I think it'd be crazy to not think they would, considering the sample size you saw from them. And how far? Oh, man, I mean, look, 
they didn't just beat Liverpool. They they convincingly dismantled Liverpool, dismantling. They're just beating all the teams in their path right now. And there's no question mark or objection be like, ah, they got lucky or whatever. They're really steamrolling past these teams. So how far can they go, Mike? I, the thing with Champions League, it's always one of those unpredictable competitions because it depends the team that, okay. that that's in front of you. Because if you get Madrid in the next round or a team like uh, Bayern Munich, it becomes very If you were tough. looking into the future right now, where do you see this team capping off at? Do you see a quarterfinal, semifinal, final run? I can see that. that. I can definitely 100% see that. Which one? Which that. of the three? I can see a... They're different levels. I, I can see a semi. I can see a semi. Am I crazy for thinking the same thing? I can see a semi. Am I crazy? No, bro. They're playing amazing. I know. I have a question, though. Do you think Do you think Spalletti is the best Serie A manager right now? Because um, I've seen a lot of talk on social media saying yeah. this and people are saying, ah, no. Was like, so I have two I other names know. that I will throw in the mix just okay. to toss it up. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I think yes. My answer would be yes, he is the best just because of the style that he's playing and that he's doing it on both fronts. Obviously, I always resort to, I'm, I'm a sucker for the small guys, for the underdogs and for the teams that get a lot out of a little. Mm -hmm. So my immediate mind goes to a guy like Sotil because of how good Udinese is doing. Basically, he had a team that finished so much lower last season and just he came in and put the pieces together. Okay. So that's my kind of definition of what a really good coach is. So I lean towards that. And also Gasperini, because he's reinventing himself with this Atalanta side and they're top of the table and no one expected them to be there. But I will say it is a long, long way to go around the story and say, Yes, you have to give it to Spalletti at the Especially moment. Especially because he's not just doing it in one front. Too. 100%. He's doing it in Europe also. And it's the also. style. The style it's, it's is just, everything. It's not a one-goal win. Yes. He's winning by a crazy it. amount of goals. I love and it. so fun the to watch. The pride of Italy. Speaking sure. about pride of Italy, I was very excited when we'll go to Inter first. I was very excited watching this Inter play against the Barcelona. Mm. They needed this. Momentum-wise, everything was going down for them. Inzaghi had his back up against the wall. If they wanted a chance in this Champions League campaign, they needed to get a result because we know already what they did with Bayern Munich. And if we're looking forward, they're not going to be Bayern Munich. They're not going to be this sort of Bayern Munich. They already had one versus Victoria Pilsen. And now that they're getting, now they have six points after three matches and things look a lot better for them in the Champions yeah. League. Let's talk about the entire game because there's obviously there's a controversy. There's a style of play. Let's focus on the on the pitch first. I was so I was so happy for DiMarco. Like I'm so happy for this kid who's another one, kind of like what I was saying about Raspadori, who his I feel like his life has changed within the last month, <laughs> even for him, because he was playing this left center back role. He got trusted to play against England and Hungary in the left wing back role, which fits him so much better. People talk so bad about him. The man puts heart. Like, the man, when I watch him play, I feel so proud. Like, because he gives his all. And that's all you can ask for in a player. And the crosses that he provides, the energy that he brings to the team, the tackles, the positional awareness, the one-touch play even at times. Like, for me, he was doing everything right. And I, I know we could say DeVry. You could say maybe um, on a Chalonolu was amazing that game. But DiMarco really stepped up for me. Who was the other guy that you thought did amazing in this match? Uh, overall, for this game, uh, DiMarco was good. It's starting to, for me. It's starting to feel like it's now more like some people are saying, ah, just a couple of performances. But he's mm -hmm. been he's putting in a lot of shifts. He's running back. He's attacking. He's very tricky. He sends in great balls, and I think he really secured that left wing back spot. And telling Inzaghi, listen, I'm not a center back. 
play me where I belong to uh, be playing. What but, else impressed you from this Inter? Uh, What's your takeaway from so this So I think overall, the thing that impressed me for Inter is they're holding the ball for a good amount of times and having uh, some decent opportunities for, for the most part, uh, considering this Barcelona side who, yeah, may not be the same side five years ago or whatever, but Xavi's building a very good side. Keeping in players like Lewandowski completely quiet, who's been out Lewandowski of played? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think he played. Yes, he did. No, I don't think he played. What are you saying? He's still in De Vrij's pocket. <laughs> but I was like, yo, he played. Nobody wants to talk <laughs> about go. that. De Vrij. De Vrij. De Vrij, who has not been great. A lot of people have been uh, criticizing De Vrij, and Lewandowski, who's been doing great in La Liga, doing good in Barcelona. Inter really kept them at bay. It didn't let him do much. And the Hakan goal right before the half. Beautiful shot. To give them that motivation right before. And he was playing in a different role. He was playing in the Brozovic role, which when I saw that going into the game, I said, of course, technically he has the ability to do that. But I I thought maybe you would lack him in the advancement phase, like when you're going forward. I I know you mentioned possession. I don't think you mean over the course of the match. You must mean just in in pockets because they got dominated throughout the match. You know, first half, I thought they did a lot better. Second half, they did what they had to do to manage out the match, manage out the game. But I thought they had their chances. And I I thought that they played a really courageous game where I was proud of the way Inter were playing. Do they have faults in their attack? Absolutely. And and we saw that a couple of times, and you know I was expecting a little bit more. in In the last thirty meters, I still think that they're lacking that player. They need that Lukaku guy. Back really I hope quick. I hope it's Lukaku that fixes the last thirty meters because I still don't see that creative Dude, spark. Lautaro was needed a lot of help there. He was struggling by himself trying. They were to lucky hold he even played because he was injured. Yeah, they were lucky he even played. It was hard for him to hold on the ball to really take any real chances of the half. So I hope when Lukaku does come back, it should be soon. He's going to help a lot in that build-up play, holding the ball more and laying the ball off. They kind of did the better players. though when when they were on their back foot, and maybe that's also what helped Devry. Is that you know one on one? Let's be honest, Devry could get beat easy yeah, yeah, by a lot yeah, of these yeah, players. For sure. But when he had to sit back and he had to just manage the game and he's got everything in front of when him, the game. I think that that's what even helped Inter as a whole. They didn't have to take the game to Barcelona. They sat back and I thought that they played such a smart game. I was not impressed with Barcelona. There was They played very calculated. What you were saying about you know this Barcelona, I, know, I think they had no losses right in La Liga. They were on a roll in La Liga, Possibly, not as yeah. much in Champions League. I was expecting this Barcelona to... To go crazy against mm-hmm. Inter, I, I heard some of the predictions before the match. I saw even Fabrizio Romano said three one for Barcelona. I think that's kind of the sentiment that a lot of people had. Peter even before he said, you know, we we need to come away with this. He he, you know, Peter's line was, all right, even if we lose, we need a really good performance. match performance, yeah. right? And I think that was kind of the feeling amongst yeah. a lot of their fans. But they did the opposite it for me. And they got this result, which was a tough result to get. And a Barcelona side that I see constantly crossing in the balls. Uh, yes, with a lot of possession. But they didn't create as much, in my no, opinion, no, they, for the way that I saw the game. For sure. They didn't They didn't have a lot of opportunities. And I think the biggest winner uh, for this Inter win, I think it has to be for Simone Inzaghi. Mm-hmm. It bought him a lot of time to beat a team like Barcelona and try to get them ready for Serie A and build off this build off the three points over here because he's been on the hot I'd say he's been on the hot seat for a, a few weeks now for all right so the question that everyone cares about who is a bigger meme between Inzaghi Spalletti and Allegri all three of them are walking memes <laughs> Allegri I think so. yeah, Allegri yeah. bro Inzaghi's so, faces yeah. every time I see his face I can't help but laugh 
Yeah. And I'm obviously referencing the wrong call uh, where they were not awarded a penalty kick. Barcelona were not awarded a penalty kick after a handball from Dumfries. I know you go on Twitter and everyone's like oh, saying yeah. that hit his head first. I don't see none of that. For me, that's a penalty. Yeah, the ball comes hand. into the box. You could even tell that Dumfries knows that it hits his hand. We all were pretty much in agreement here. Mm. Listen. Wrong call from that the referee. Ha- it happens. Is it is it acceptable? No. We you know you don't want to see it. But for me, the way that I say it is like that was such a focus for everyone. Was just that. Nothing not talking else. about the yeah, game. Exactly. Not talking about how the performance. And, not yeah. talking about how great some of the inter players were. Where I, you you is it bad if I say it's the first? I I never remember this going against Barcelona. So <laughs> it, for me, it felt like I all right. One time it goes against Barcelona. This is a little revenge for that Roma Barcelona semifinal. Well, yeah. they even, I know people were referencing the Sensi mistake in 2019 where it wasn't given. Oh, the a penalty kick? Oh, no, that? penalty oh, kick, okay, yeah. Goodness. In 2019, yeah. uh, Contes Inter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I, I'll never, I'll never, you know, settle and say, oh, I'm happy that there's a, a bad mistake. But I am a little bit happy that Inter won the game. And listen, they made a wrong call. It's a wrong call. I would always say that they should get the right one. It happens. Luckily, it's 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 for the Italian teams this time because usually it's against it. And then we're raging on this podcast. Oh, that's gosh. the way that football goes. For me, Inter deserved it. Inter deserved to win. Uh, that's the way that I saw it. And Big I'm win. very happy they needed that. Yeah. Another team that needed to win, that got the win, was Juventus uh, against Maccabi Haifa. In Torino, they have this back-to-back uh, matches against them, which is kind of lucky. Like they got lucky that they were playing Maccabi back to back in a, another coach that was maybe under more pressure than uh, Simone Inzaghi. You know, you could debate the mm. two of them. Uh, and was it convincing? I wouldn't say so because there were times where Maccabi were building into the match. And even after Juventus went up two goals, you know, you still kind of felt scared because they brought the match, they, they allowed. Maccabi to get back into the game. Yeah. But a couple good things. Number one, Angel Di Maria. I mean, the people that question Angel Di Maria, I'll see you later. You question, this guy is football. The guy, the guy's brain is three times faster than everyone else on the pitch. Almost always. Besides a few exceptions here and there, on the pitch there, he reads the game so well. The first assist to Rabiot is spectacular. I mean, the vision that he has. He had three assists Great on pass. the night. And you could feel, you know, you want to argue where Juventus smart in relying on a 34, 35-year-old guy to be the man that creates, one argument. But if you want to argue that he's not the most important player because there's no other player on Juventus capable of creating that final 20, 30 meters that has any creativity, you're crazy. Like, he is so important to what Juventus go on to do this season. No, yeah, I got I have to agree with it. Right now, he's the only one that he's one of the only ones that make things happen. Cuadrado still tries when he can and Chiesa still um hurt, so he's obviously out. So a lot of the pressure of creating goal scoring chances does has to come from him. That's all the responsibility for him. But Juve kind of, you know, they were struggling a bit. When it was 2-1 at a point, Maccabi were pressing. looked like they were going to equalize. And then thankfully, Juve got the third goal and ended the game. But this was a huge, huge win for Juventus. And now they're going to uh, play them again next week. So they're going to need another three points so they can hopefully qualify for the next round. Because Benfica tied against PSG. So it's I couldn't figure out if that was good tough. or if it was bad. I know it's people are saying kind, like now you could now you could figure finish first, but for me Juventus yeah, is not tough. fighting to get into first place. You're fighting to survive. I would have I thought I was rooting for PSG Dude, to score the second. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but Benfica 
if they finished better, they had two or three other chances. Gijo came up big. Donnarumma I only saw highlights. Donnarumma came off huge. He saved like two or three sure goals. So that could have very easily been a win for Benfica. So that group is still, I think, wide open. Let's talk about, let's let's keep talking about Juventus, though, because there's a couple other notes that I wanted to to say. Uh, first first one to, to begin with, Dusan Vlaovic needed a goal. He was desperate for a goal. The man is hungry. And I was so happy that he scored. I said it at the weekend or, uh, already when he scored against Bologna. Now that he's getting these two back-to-back where people were already starting to criticize him, blah, 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 blah. He when got he's got a guy too. behind him that, that provides service to him, he is, for me, one of the best strikers in all of Europe. He is a killer. He is an absolute killer. And he is going to eat when he has Chiesa and Di Maria by his side and Pogba behind because Pogba will also create. Again, you want to argue the strategy. Why are they relying on injury-prone players? One thing. But when Juventus really put it together, when they have those guys, for me, they are going to be deadly. And I, I'm happy that Vlaovic scored. He needed the goal. He deserved the goal. And anyone who doubts him is still, for me, it's, it's absurd to look at him as any sort of an issue. Because I know people are saying, he needs to do more for the team. He needs to... For me, he's a, a striker. You know what he is. When you provide him... The opportunities, he'll finish it off. I mean, for the most part, it was fairly obvious. Even at Fiorentina, if you saw him, there's just some players that have it. And even if you don't realize it, someone like your dad realized it before he even started the season. In, in training, your dad realized it. But uh, he's just one of those players that wants the ball. He, he, he falls with the mouth for the ball. He wants it whenever he can. And he's so efficient with the least amount of chances. He makes the best. He's probably mm. one of the most efficient strikers in Europe. Don't Didn't go behind it. No, no, I, we had a stat. I think he was number two outdated. technically. But dude, that's for a team like Juve that struggled to find chances under a under a Legri ball. That's extreme. That's extremely valuable for a team that's uh, fighting for Champions League. People get pissed at this, but I'm gonna ask you: If you put Vlaovic in that Man City side instead of Holland. How many goals do you think this guy would be scoring? A lot. Oh, so many. Like, like everyone a would be lot. talking about him. Dude, Vlaovic scores with such little... With Dude, if you give Vlaovic five balls, he's going to score four of them. Mm. I'm, and I'm so, not... He's so, he's, so, he's, so, he's so efficient, you'll give him... He's just a killer. He's he's similar to Holland in that sense because Holland Holland is he above. Also gets a, Holland is for sure above. But I'm saying for me, they're made from the same stuff, is what but I mean. But they're similar yeah. in that they're goal scorers. Exactly. They're, they're prolific. Number they're prolific goal scorers. Nines, yeah. And they have they both like are big bodies and and big frames. Yeah. I just think that Vlaovic kind of suffers more so from the 100%. style that Juventus plays and the players that he has around him. Whereas, I mean, I would never want to see him at Manchester City. Obviously, I'm not saying I would have wanted him there. But I did think about when I'm watching Manchester City and the chances that he had. Uh, I watched the highlights of the the United Derby, the Manchester Derby, and then their game um, against the team from, was it Norway, that they played? And I see the amount of balls that he gets from, from De Bruyne and from all the players around him. And I just kept thinking to myself, Vlaovic would kill for some of that. Denmark, yeah. they would kill for some of that. So it, it came into my head. I still think Holland is obviously above because rightfully, look at how many goals he's scoring in Premier League. I think he had like 28 and 21 in Champions League, which is ridiculous. But I think Vlaovic has that sort of superstar ability to get to that level of being in the conversation with yeah. the top, top players in all of Europe. It's going to take some time. And honestly, I can't wait to see. We know Chiesa's training. They're saying him and Pogba the 25th of October. Does that mean 100%? Probably not. Do I think they're going to be starting? No. But 
it's going to be very exciting to see how this Juventus start to play when they get those guys back. And it's not an excuse against no. like games yeah, like Monza, yeah. no, matches yeah, that they lost. Sure. It's not an excuse. Yeah. But I'm just saying when we see the best Juventus, they're built pretty well. And if you want to see how he'd score, just watch him at Fiorentina because they played a more attacking style football and he scored a, a bunch of goals. That's why Juve got him. So there's uh, there's just another example. Last guy, Rabiot, uh, who did really great at his goal scoring ability. The first goal from Di Maria uh, was brilliant as a rocket. And uh, and then the third goal, right? It was the third goal, the header. Yeah, third. Di Maria assist from the corner. Uh, Rabiot yeah, headed it in. Uh, good job from him. And they need players okay. to step up in their poor moments. For me, still, a lot of the times, like, he needs to focus. Like, Rabiot needs to focus. Like, at times, he's a little bit lazy. He plays the ball backwards too much. He has the ability. And I think when everything works, he starts to play better. He's not the man that changes everything. But he hustles, man. He, he hustles. hustles. He does a lot. He does a lot. At times, at times, I I, I want to see it a little bit more yeah. consistent, consistently. But you got to give credit where it's doing, and he he came up big, scoring two goals for Juventus. Uh, but let's remember, with all due respect to Maccabi Haifa, that's who you're playing. Mm. You need to see this, especially at the weekend against Milan. But you need to see this consistently as uh, Champions League for goes sure, on, because sure. Benfica is not a joke, as we've seen. Now, the third, we were, we were three for three. Oh, boy. But this was the game that, if you ask me any of them, this was the one I was most nervous, nervous for. Yeah. I wrote in our group chat before because of the amount of players that Milan were missing. 3-0. Uh, eight, eight guys. 3-0 they lost to Chelsea. Uh, they didn't play good. Dude. They had no heart. They had no fight. The thing is. They didn't have any reaction. Uh, they had that, the, the one thing I wish is when they were 1-0 right before the halftime, the uh, Leal was yeah. sensational where he dribbles past. I think at one point he had like five or six Chelsea players around him trying to defend him. He lays off to, to De Catalade, who, I mean, come on. In, in what world does does he hit it directly at Kepa? One corner. I'm going to get to Krunic. Oh, I'm starting with who hit the ball first. What world do you not score that goal? And then Krunic... This is for Dude, me. That was, that was the one bad thing, but Chelsea were were phenomenal, yeah, and were Milan good. had no reaction. They played the bad. Thing, they the, played bad. They had no heart. The thing is, maybe the I don't know if the game would have maybe would have been different if they got a goal and equalized because you're going into the locker room, you have a different mentality. But you can't concede a goal like they did in the first goal. Three straight set pieces on the mark. It was embarrassing. Dude, Thiago Silva. I, Thiago dude, Silva. How do you leave Thiago dude, Silva open in a corner? The, How do you leave him open in corner kicks? It's Thiago Silva. He played for your team. We could have defended better than nah, that. I, have dude, you ever watched yourself a, play? That was Did you see yourself last Sunday? That was a, what do you mean? I scored like four goals. <laughs> I did oh, Against who? Against Antonio? <laughs> but against my but, dad? But that's a, but that's 65 a, year olds. You're marking me, bro. Yeah. And you play like semi pro and all. Go, go. I'm like a professional if you think about it. But, dude. Three, not, not like three different, three times in a row. Not like in the 15th minute, 30th minute, 80th, three times in a row. They were just asking for that. Like the champions, of, you can't be defending like that. But their set, just, their set pieces are extremely poor. But honestly, but you can't concede like that. Do you remember when, when we were watching the game, we were all sitting around, me, you, and Antonio were sitting there, and I said, the way Milan are going, because the first 20 minutes, Milan were playing great. Milan were on the front foot, they, they were, were controlling they the were ball. Good, 20 good. minutes, no, they played really good. Obviously, it didn't continue, and it, it completely died out, so it doesn't matter. But the one thing I said, the set pieces. Because you saw it before. They had a couple prior where they were not concentrated. For me, that's what it comes down to. The set piece that comes in, they were not concentrated on who they needed to mark and what was going on. 
stupid foul prior to it that oh even led to gosh. the corner kick. Very stupid, the handball. But it was a bad game. There's no excuses. I don't think it's a fair representation no, because they're out without eight players. And you take yeah. eight players and five of which are starters. starters. Yeah. You take it's that many players team. away from any squad in Europe yeah. and they're going to struggle. Not an excuse, again, because the guys that were there needed to show more heart. Yeah, they needed yeah. to have that better ideas. Regardless. But I think that it's I be really would have want, wanted to see the real Milan play in this match because I feel like they do usually have this courage. They have the players who could step up. They have a phenom. And I want to, you know what you like, underline and bold when Asterix. you're writing? Yeah. Bold, underline, Asterix. highlight, phenom yeah. in Rafael Leao, who one-on-one... Try to name me a better player in the world that's better one-on-one than Leal, and you'll find maybe one or two. Fada, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mbappe, the Fada speed Bina. the speed that he has on this one-on-one yeah, he's good, he's good. is second that. to none. And I love it. He stops. You think nothing's going to happen. Bah! Goes right by you. The speed, the acceleration, the skill on the ball. When, when you have that, you need to take advantage of it a little bit more. Milan weren't able to. The great thing is, the great thing I should I say is that mentally I think they are strong to bounce back from this because they mm. have a very important match at the weekend where they had that loss to Napoli. Now they have this. Now you're going into this third game. If you will lose this third one then against again a direct opponent, you know that that starts to creep up. in yeah, into the back up. of your things mind sure. on you know the injuries, all this stuff. If it's just a hiccup or not, or if it's something more. Yeah. So this weekend, and we're gonna preview the game. This weekend is is big. It's big for me. The thing that was annoying to us, the the England the English pundits afterwards saying all this nonsense about oh Milan, this was this was the champions of Italy. They got to do better than that, making it seem like as if they didn't already know half the team was injured already. I don't think that they know. This represent- yeah. I don't think that they know. D- didn't that didn't that annoy you? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm used to it. I've, we've been dealing with this. That's why we created IFTV. They, Look, something good came they, of that. They made it seem like uh, Liverpool didn't get smashed by uh, Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, not too long ago. And who were the finalists in the Champions League? The only English team Jeez. that were finalists. That was uh, a little annoying. That was ignorant. They got spanked. That was very ignorant. They got spanked very good by Napoli. And uh, whatever. But it, it is what it is. Mm. We we know. We know. We, we know how it was. But it was a bad performance. It, it is. It was. It was. Do you Regardless. read into it about the league and all this stuff? Uh, let's see. Let's see who goes who goes far. I, I still have confidence that Milan, it does get tricky. Their group is yeah. much more tricky than maybe we expected and how we want it to be. But I do feel still the confidence in the team to be able to bounce back. For sure. You're in London. Sure. It was a bad night. Move on. Uh, teams in the Europa League. Uh, Roma lost 2-1 to, one to uh, Raul Betis. That was... Even though Dybala scored four goals in his last four games. They lose at home at the Stadio Olimpico. Dude, Betis came back. From, first of all, the first goal that they scored, equalizer outside the box. Oh, my. 30-yard rock. I thought he ripped the net on that. Yo, these La Liga teams, they're so tricky. A lot of people underrate them. But That's in Europe, true. they always step up. They always step up. They don't care who you're facing. That's they true. beat Manchester United in the final VRL, right? A couple of years. No, they beat Juventus. Was it VRL? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, right? That's a Villa, right? No, it was oh, Villarreal. It was Villarreal. Wait. It was Villarreal. You sure? Sevilla won two in the past. See, that's what, yo, these La Liga teams, everyone sleeps they're on. Legit. They're legit. They're so, they have small, technical, like, popular players. There's so many of them scattered around. They, they're very good. We knew Betis was a, we knew they were no walkover. 
But the way it happened, they ended up scoring in the 88th minute. Spinazzola lost his man. It was, he was still looking for the ball afterwards. He, it was like kind of a flu goal that they conceded from a header, but it still went in. Zaniolo was sent off. Zaniolo was sent off. That was kind of a disaster. I was hoping it ended in a 1-1 just because it wasn't looking that good for Roma towards the end. But they ended up getting the getting the L. It's a problem with Roma. It's just like, I, this is more so a statement for the past, like, if you just summed up the past six years, like, you don't know what to expect with them because mm. they'll, they'll put in such a great performance where they'll, they'll win big games. Mm. But then the opposite, the next game, they'll lack in concentration and yeah, they'll lack in, in consistency. Uh, the Europa League, I mean... To be said, what this really means, because Italian teams, I feel like, I personally feel like, and I, I'm not taking a dig at the players or the coaches or anything, I always feel like they don't take it as seriously, whether it's the amount of games that we have leading up now to the World Cup, or just the lack of seriousness in the Europa League in general, I just constantly feel like we're just not motiv as motivated, is it thinking that we have too short of teams, like we don't, we're not spending enough money on rosters where they could balance the teams out as much. Like we saw Lazio tie again to Sturm Graz. They're still in a good position. Roma's not as much in a good position in their no, table. But you hate to see it because like you said, now this is where everyone starts to run with these conclusions yeah, exactly. of where the team's going to finish, where the league is at, yeah. all this BS. It's crazy bunch of BS. How, how quickly everything turned. And Immobile got a goal that, that was taken away, unfortunately. Yo, he's been unlucky, Immobile. Yeah, Immobile's been tough. unlucky. It's he missed tough. the pen too last week against mm. Spezia, I think it was. Yeah, he needs He's been confidence. unlucky. He yeah, he, I know. I have him as my Capo Cananiere. I have a bet on him being Capo Cananiere. For your sake, they got to play Salernitana ten, ten times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so they can consider that. Yeah, but Spezia was supposed win. to be the one that's that he true. scores the goals against. And he missed right, the battle. Right. I don't know. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, same thing with this, with this, uh, with these teams. I mean, Fiorentina, they won. 3-0 in the conference league. Against Hearts. I yeah. saw a they stat. They played hard, bro. No? Okay. You should just walk off now. Let me just finish the episode myself. Corny dad joke. That's an Antonio joke. See you afterwards. That's an Antonio joke. You've been <laughs> hanging out with Anto too much. Do you know where they're from, Hearts? Come nah. on. Come on, give me a guess. Scotland. There we go. See? You you, you knew. You knew. There we go. You gave it a hard time one. That's what we do. That's what we do. I saw a stat that Fiorentina hadn't won away in six months. That's craziness. Yeah. Finally, they're winning in, in Europe and as well. And you're only just scoring? So he's on the score sheet. Maybe he was good He what was good in Germany. In? No, I feel like maybe it'll spark, spark something in him. Because I think Fiorentina have been lacking a real goal scorer ever since selling Vlaovic. It's not just you think. It's a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. And now scoring three, maybe that'll, get, that'll give them some for Serie Maybe wake them up a little bit. So I think this is a... Uh, yeah. I think this will help them. I think this is a good competition for them. I think the Conference League, when I look at it on paper, yeah, sure. it kind of fits where Fiorentina want to be and, and just giving them a tease of what you can expect in Europe. For sure. I mean, especially balancing three competitions, also being a first time back in six, seven years. So this is good for them, good for their players, good for their fans, and good for the board so they know the experience. I uh, pulled up the schedule for this weekend just so we could go over the games. Let's start with Milan Juve because that's the biggest oh match. Boy. Great game. Uh, two historic, historic clubs. This is always one of my favorite matchups as well. Uh, and what's so funny, what's so ironic to me is that quote from Allegri from a couple weeks ago where he said, Let's see how Milan struggle if they're missing five players. Mm. And he kind of getting his wish. There's a lot of Milan players that are going to be out for this game. They're. Again, under this sort of pressure, which maybe we haven't seen in the past year, 
they haven't had this sort of I feel like these string of results has not been good especially with the players out and I think any team normally and naturally would be lacking when you're missing such important key players whereas Juventus and yes you could say look at the opponents they've played in Bologna and Maccabi but I I said it this was a new Juve after that break I think you're seeing a new Juve he had Allegri had said before the Bologna match tomorrow starts our season right and then they went out and they did a, a great win I really think this is where things start to click and where they start to get better. Um, it's just a feeling that I have from from Allegri and from the rest of the team, especially considering that they're on the verge of getting these players back. And I'm telling you, Saturday, if Juventus would get a win, they would be it would be high motivation. Things would be flying for them. It's a huge opportunity in a one-off where things have been so negative for the entire year, and there's been so many doubts from Allegri that this will be a statement from him for the team, the champions of Italy, um, coming off this string of results, that you can make a statement and start to tell everyone it's calm here. And I think that Allegri kind of lives for these moments. He lives for these one-offs where he's being doubted and he's able to make a comeback and then he'll have joke in the press conference. Like, ah, you see, it was only you guys that were nervous. You know, I never was. So I do think it's leaning towards, towards that. This is a strange one. I was thinking about this game for a couple of days now, especially when Juve got that that win against Maccabi and Milan losing. But I think Pioli and Milan, I think they're gonna brush off that European loss, and they're you know they're playing in Milano. They only have one loss this season. It's against the most informed team probably in the world, Napoli, and they still played a very good match against Napoli despite all their injuries. Mm-hmm. So I think we're still gonna see a very very tough Milan side. And I don't think that loss uh, uh, against uh, Chelsea is going to affect them too much. I think we're going to see a really strong Milan okay, forget about playing the, at home. Forget about the, the result. How does the players being injured affect them more? I, I don't think it's going to affect them that much. Really? I don't think we're going to okay. see a performance like we did at Chelsea 100%. I think Piol is going to be like, listen, guys, we're back in Serie A. This is our competition. We got to fight for what's ours. We're playing against uh, a competitor here. Uh competitor for the Scudetto Juventus in the San Siro it's gonna be rocking over there you know they're not gonna be away this time and it's gonna be a very tough match I don't don't know which way to which way it's gonna end to be honest but if I had a guess I think I'd have to give Milan the upper hand on this one I'm not sure if they're gonna win but I think they're gonna look like the better team I got a tie I think it's gonna be a tie I think a tie will will both sides will be happy. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Juventus is not going to lose this game, so no. I feel like it's going to be a tie. Yeah. San Siro. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose this game. There's just some moments that you feel like Dude. they're not going to. That's so just many my times feeling. I counted out Milan, man. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm learning that yo. Know, even though like I'm not counting that that was a fluke against Chelsea in the Serie A, they they put up a fight, man. Let's see. It's going to be a they great match a, against really good match. very competitive. I'll say a win. Teams. I'll say two one Milan. Two one Milan. Okay, yeah. I'm going one one. Guys, anyway, that's the end of our podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys.